This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better media host or looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO, or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month free. And with that said, enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the only two-time PWG Battle of Los Angeles champion, King Ricochet, and you are listening to Busted Wide Open Podcast. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode number 170. My name is Nick Howell. And for the first time ever in the history of the show, I am less hungover than Nick Howell. I am Sir Ian Dangerous, and welcome to Busted Wide Open, where today we're talking about Raw, which has happened last night, as well as a little, we got a little bit about NWA Power, and we're going home to Crown Jewel, Nick, which is happening this Thursday oh, on God. Halloween. We're not, it's not trick or treat. It's just a trick. That's right. Crown Jewel's coming <laughs> up, so we get to talk about that. But uh, before we get into the show today, Nick, how are you doing out there in Vegas? Uh, are you surviving? Are uh, you- yeah, we're, we're on like day three, and it's starting to set in where you get the <laughs> rough throat and sandpaper and all kinds of stuff. And I'm sure you guys can hear a little bit of that coming through. But no, yeah, not, not at all. Not at all. It's okay, man. No, you sound it, great. It sounds sound good, great. brother. Yeah. <laughs> I could go do some really serious movie trailers right now. No, Vegas is great. Uh, the NetApp show is great. Everything's going fine. I haven't had any more knocks on the door uh, by security. So, so far, so good. We'll see how this show goes. But, guys, if you want to come hang out with us, the hub of our operation is Facebook. You can uh, search for Busted Wide Open on Facebook. Like our page. Send us a join request to get into the discussion group. Uh, we have lots of li- uh, chats going on there. But also, click that link to join our dis- Discord server where you can join the community for live chats for all of the pay-per-views as well as all of the shows week to week throughout every single week. Um, you can find that pinned across all of our social media or if you're watching on YouTube down in the description below. Speaking of which, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash busted wide open is where we go live every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern and every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern, except for this week because I'm in Vegas getting my throat destroyed uh, by talking all the time, uh, including (laughs) this podcast. Here you are. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You can also follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram at BWO podcast and a big shout out to all of our patrons at patreon.com slash BWO. Be sure to sign up for one of those reward tiers and get the ability to ask listener questions for our new patron mailbag series that debuts every Saturday as well. 
uh, as you know, access to other perks like bonus episodes, sweet swag, all kinds of good stuff over at patreon.com slash BWO. Sure, thank you for giving all of that information out. I know it's probably a little bit hard today. You sound like you're, you're a little bit under the weather, like you're being a little quiet there, which is probably good because I don't want you getting yelled at and kicked out of your hotel room right. uh, like happened last time. But tell you what, Nick, we got a lot to talk about today and nothing, nothing bigger than our segment that we like to call The Big News. Well, I want to preface this part by saying we actually had a debate about whether to even bring it up. Uh, because much like we've said on this show many times, we don't really discuss politics. And that can sometimes transcend into issues of uh, race, equality, etc. But this week, uh, Jordan Miles, a recent winner of the breakout tournament and uh, had an opportunity to challenge Adam Cole for the NXT Championship uh, started calling out WWE and even Vince McMahon and Triple H himself on issues of racism over a piece of merchandise. Yeah, this is this is this is going to be tough to talk about, but I I do feel that we do have to talk about it because we are a podcast, we report the news, and this is a this is a very big story and it's very complicated. Um, but it is going to be difficult for us to really comment on as two middle aged white guys. <laughs> you know, we like we can sure. only really really weigh in on this so much but i do want to you know just talk about what has happened go over all of the 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 like play by play and really kind of lay it out because it is this is this has gotten more complicated as it's gone on i'm actually really kind of relieved that we didn't have a show the day this broke because it has evolved over okay. the last couple of days so this all began on the 26th when jordan miles tweeted out a picture of a t-shirt that apparently had been designed for him and he, uh, the, he said they'll regret making this hashtag for the culture. And the shirt itself was a black shirt. And on it was what looked like a smiling mouth where the teeth were letters that spelled his name. Um, and it was, you know, the red background and then like the white teeth were the, the letters of his name. And I, I, I think that the idea was that this was in reference to the fact that they love to talk about his smile. You know, he's he's been one of his major character points they've been pushing in NXT was this smile that he has. He's a very, you know, got this very infectious, uh, happy smile. And uh, so I think that was the theory behind it. Unfortunately, as soon as you see the damn thing, it really does jump out as being uh, like very, uh, very, very racist. <laughs> it's a, with the black shirt and the big white smile and the red background. Um, you know, if you if you follow the tweet thread, they even posted some like, uh, I guess you would call it like a little black sambo kind of kind of imagery that this is very much calls back to. So um, I can I can see where the issue lies, um, and so he was not not happy about this. Um, on the twenty seventh, he repeated the complaint. This is where he called out Triple H and Vince. He said, "I will keep posting this till my voice is heard. I'm not sorry for anything I say or do. Representation is important. If this is." Vince McMahon and Triple H's vision of me, then this is a slap in the face to every African-American performer, fan, and supporter. They will learn to regret after this, I promise you. Um, now, the shirt itself was not up to be purchased, and it was pointed out to him by David Bixenspan, and he re replied by saying, I've used this shirt as fuel. I knew the shirt existed, and my soul hasn't been able to rest properly since I've laid eyes on it. My voice will be heard, my true opinion will be heard, and my people will have their moment. Nothing poor about my soul. 
This shirt is what's wrong with America and the wrestling industry. Doesn't matter if the shirt was replaced. The fact that they even made the first one overshadows anything till we get what we deserve. Uh, and he had people come to his to, to back him up. Uh, Cedric Alexander tweeted support. Uh, Leo Rush tweeted support. Big Swole tweeted support. There was a movement starting where uh, if you supported him, you would turn your profile picture on Twitter black and white. David Starr tweeted support uh, at this point. And, um, and then on the 28th, uh, some more information came out. WWE released a statement saying Albert Hardy Jr., a.k.a. Jordan Miles, approved this T-shirt for sale. As always, we work collaboratively with all of our performers to develop logos and merchandise designs and get their input and approval before proceeding. This was the same process with Albert, and we responded swiftly once he later requested that the logo slash T-shirt be redesigned. No T-shirts were sold. Um, he responded to that by saying, when, um, when I originally saw the design, I was uncomfortable. Rather than addressing the issue, I decided to counter offer with another. Baker Landon, who I don't know of and I haven't heard of before, but I'm assuming has something to do with the with designing of merchandise in NXT. Okay. Sure. Because, <laughs> um, but this is where he, he was brought up in, in the, that context. He said Baker Landon lied to my face. He said Triple H wanted this design, so my hands were tied. I spoke to Triple H in person, and his impression was I approved. Um, hmm. And then he tweets out an email from Baker Landon, and he basically he had the screen cap of this um, of this email itself from uh, from Baker Landon, and um, I have that in my notes. It's just taking a second to come up, but basically, there's a lot of these tweets that have been taken down, and that one actually the the link I had to it is gone. But essentially, it said uh, to the effect of. Um, you know, we had a meeting. Triple H wanted it to be teethier. Uh, Road Dog thought it should be on gray. Um, but it, the the idea was that, you know, the higher-ups liked it and thought it should go through. So that was the issue there. He then went on. This is where, this is where he started to get even more um, uh, strident. He says, the whole WWE system is fraud. This is all caps. They created the system where you can't trust anyone. You grow cold and you grow apart from what you love the most. The fact that Hulk Hogan is still employed after giving the locker room an apology for being caught says enough. Then things got even wilder. Oh boy. He, he tweeted that this is a lot of, some of these things are now taken down. This is not this next thing was taken down. It's a video he put up uh, where he said WWE doesn't care about black people and threw up the middle finger. That's gone. He also deleted a tweet uh, where he then went after he's uh, I'm going to try and find the actual tweet, but it was um, uh, F-R-O-H-2. He actually said the full word, but I'm trying to not do that ever since my rant after Hell in a Cell. <laughs> okay. F- you spent your quota for spent, the year after I spent Hell in the a rest cell. of my year's F-bombs on that one episode. Uh, <laughs> it says F-R-O-H-2. The only allowed one, they only allowed one African-American to be the top guy, while guys like Cedric Alexander... TD Malcolm Valley, which is uh, Stokely Hathaway, and myself had to chase this visible carrot a stick. Uh, this is his wording, not mine. Name another African American who was reached great heights there, other than this. Uh, pardon, this is his language again. Other than this, Uncle Tom, referring to Jay Lethal. He posted a picture of Jay Lethal, so he called Jay Lethal an Uncle Tom. Um. Other tweets went out where he says, I only agreed to the shirt because it was shown to me on a white tee. Once placed in a black tee, you can clearly see the racist intentions. Uh, a further tweet 
where he said, Tupac once said, I'm not saying I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the brain that will change that world. I'm that brain, hashtag for the culture. Uh, he also called Kofi Kingston Martin Luther Kingston. And uh, when people challenged him, he said that the, his end game is to have better representation and to be heard. So there's, I want to start, I'm going to stop there um, because there's a lot to unpack there before we get to chapter three or four at this point in oh, all God. of this. There's more. But I want to stop there and address everything that's happened so far. In, I've, I've been a in little that. unplugged for the last day or two. Yes, I understand. That's uh, why I'm giving work. you so much here. Now, anyone who has, and I, I appreciate that. So, yeah. I, if I can reflect on some of the things you've already covered there, yes, there's a word that I like to use, and it's tact. T a c t mm. tact. There's a way to do things. There's a way not to do things. Now, right. I I don't want to assume that he hasn't already done this. But the first thing you do when you have a problem with your employer is you schedule a meeting and you sit down and you talk with them and say, I have a problem with this. Uh, or can we do something about it? And I wonder if the nature of society today, based on certain, hmm, I, I don't know, leadership, has led us to a point where we think the only way we can get something done is to be controversial and tweet about it. And I'm not saying he's wrong. I'm not saying that what he's upset about is wrong. I'm I'm a little bothered by the the tact of it, the way that it's been handled. And if it's one of those situations where I find out that he has has already done that stuff and nothing was done about it, then more power to him. Yeah. But look, dude, at at a certain point, I hear you, but you've kind of just cratered your career. So and I I want to support it. Yeah. But at the same time, you've also just shown that nobody's going to want to work with you because of the way you handle stuff publicly. Well, and the, the, comeback to that, the, the, the comeback to that, at least for the first part of this, before things started to, in my opinion, go a little bit off the rails, um, my thought on this was, you know, you can't really make a lot of change being polite. And, you know, I, I understand in certain circumstances, I understand wanting to blow things up like this. I know what you're saying. Um, I think there could be an argument made both ways. The thing is, is that at a certain point, I think your argument becomes more legitimate because things started to degrade even in how he was handling this online. Um, Again, the heart in the right place, but the way he's going about it seemed to, at a certain point, um, as I said, go a little bit off the rails. That being said, um, he's 100% right about the T-shirt and how the lack of representation in the WWE structure created an environment where this could get through who knows how many eyes and nobody looked at this and went, there's no way we can put that out or even suggest it, right? Even the, 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 fact, yeah, that was, agree with the that. fact that it was suggested in the first place is the problem. Right, he's a hundred percent right about that. The fact Agreed. that this shirt got anywhere near being vetted is the problem, and it's it's something where he's one hundred percent right when he come when he's talking about representation. If you look at the power structure in WWE, how many people working higher up in WWE are not older white guys? They're all older white guys, right? And so, like, there are people I've saw tons of tweets go out. You know, this was a huge, this blew up Twitter, uh, the wrestling Twitter. 
And a lot of people were writing in and saying, like, I don't see it. What am I supposed to see here? And, it, you know, some of it seemed innocent. Some of it obviously not because it's Twitter and it's a cesspool. But some people were writing and saying, I genuinely don't see the problem with the shirt, which is part of the problem. You need eyes in there that will see it and the people that would be sensitive to it that it would offend, which is it should be everybody, but not everyone is aware of it because that's not the, you know, you, you're not the cultural awareness you grew up in. Right. Um, there needed to be someone there to go, guys, do you not see what's wrong with this shirt? And the fact that there wasn't is a major issue. And let's, let's be clear. WWE has a long sordid history of really racist undertones. Like we should not expect WWE to have taken the higher ground on this in no way, Nick. And I don't know if you were surprised that WWE allowed this shirt to get as far as it did. I'm in no way surprised by this. No, I'm not either. Based on what you just said a second ago about the fact that the line of approvers is mostly, you know, you heard people like Triple H in the email, Triple H, Triple Road H, Dog, Road Dog. Vince, yeah. You know? So, you know, yeah, there is no, you're completely right. There's, you know, we, we I think a lot of us think that some of the, the African-American superstars that in WWE maybe have a level of consultative, consultative, Impression the, on some of them. Who are you? Who are you talking about? The Latinos, Latino no, superstars. No, 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 no. African American. Oh, okay, because I was going to say Latino superstars are they're they're some of the ones that have been in the most racist angles of the last twenty years. Remember Eddie Guerrero's entrance music. His entrance music said, "You can't trust me because I'm Latin." Like the, you know what I mean? The Mexicals. They came out on 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 lawnmowers. Like Jesus Christ, the stuff they're doing right now with with Lucha House Party. Like the the. Yeah, they're like there's it's just across the board yeah. some of this stuff. But I'm saying I I think that there's like Titus O'Neil, uh, I would think uh, Biggie and Xavier and K- Kofi. You know, there would be some level of hey, is this okay? Or are we doing the right thing here? Well, I, I would want I would want to involve them somehow. You know, I, that's what I would I would want to do. I would want to include someone like you said that would have those oh, so you're the, saying as no, wwe the, the corporation yeah. would want to bring in someone yeah. like that as a, as a consultant or at least like have them higher up in the in the company sure okay um, as, a, as a barometer you know as a, well, as a representation Just, you know, sure yeah but at, but at a minimum you know at, at the end of the day um I, I stick by what i said it's it's just there's a way to handle things dude well and this and, is the and, thing is that you're not you're not wrong because that was where the people, even ones that were supporting him, started to be like, hey, man, take it down a notch. Booker T. When you start calling people names and yeah. making derogatory comments to the people that you would think would support you and have spoken out in support of you, that's where I start going, eh, you kind of just de- delegitimized your position a little it's, bit. I and, think him calling out Jay Lethal was the turning point where a lot of people that were absolutely 100% behind him and with good reason that's where everyone kind of went, whoa, dude, <laughs> you're going a little bit too far. Booker T said, social media and your business, they don't go together. Leave my name out of this crap. I'm standing way back in this one because this could have been handled a whole lot different than it's being handled. This is not a Colin Kaepernick moment. Cedric Preach. Alexander, Cedric Alexander, who started off supporting him, then tweeted out, the truth means nothing if it's buried in hate. And Titus O'Neil, who you just brought up, said, I am in 100% agreement that the shirt is very distasteful. That being said, bringing others into this to vent your frustrations or issues that have nothing to do with WWE or the shirt is also very distasteful. If it's hashtag for the culture, don't attack those in it. 
Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I think that was my point entirely. Yeah. That's, and that's exactly. I think that at a certain point, the message got lost in the delivery and in the emotion that was, that was happening here. Um, and so that's why, like, I wanted to talk about this on this show because it's such a, uh, delicate, like very charged situation. And again, we're not really the guys that should be weighing in our opinion on it. That's, it's not our place, but at the same time, this is something that happened. And to someone like myself, who is somewhat exterior to this issue, um, you know, this, I, I, I had a perception that Jordan Miles went overboard at a certain point with trying to, to have justice for something that was genuinely in, in, in distasteful, as Titus put it, injustice. Um, and, you know, I, I fully agree that with, with Miles that they need that representation, WWE needs to check itself. It's a billion-dollar company, for God's sake. You know what I mean? And they want to, you know, they want to go out there and say, look how good we are at representation and look at our women's division and all the rest of this while there's still this undercurrent of just being wildly insensitive and racist and the racist angles that they still put out there um, that still happen to this day. Like we, Nick, you and I talk about the street profits sometimes being really cringy and like on the, on the verge of being a little minstrel showy. You know, and yeah. and even Xavier Woods, you brought up New Day, where he said when they first got the gimmick for New Day, they were like, "Oh, Vince found a new racist one for us." You know, yep. They made so, them gospel preachers or whatever right. it was, it's like, right? Oh my god! <laughs> you know, like somewhere they've got to have someone step in. Um, one tweet I saw, and I, I'm paraphrasing because I don't actually have it in front of me here, but one tweet I saw that I really kind of like, like was nodding my head a lot at was someone tweeted out, um, you know, until WWE can have a champ who's just a ch- like a, an African-American champ who's just a champ because he's just a badass guy and not because he's dancing around, shucking and jiving and happy to be here, you know, or not a gimmick, um, you know, then we really can't say that they have representation. Like, as great as Kofi was, and they did try to downplay some of his, you know, New Day antics when he was champ, but then they threw that all away when they had him beaten in six seconds by, you know, Brock Lesnar, who's who frankly looks like a like Hitler's wet dream. Um, you know, so it's... Oh, <laughs> I mean, talk about an Ubermensch. But no, in all seriousness, like that's that was really like, to have all of those things happen one after the other uh, was just a bad series of events. And like, then the, a week later, completely forgetting it, writing it off of TV, and he's back to throwing pancakes. And he's back to throwing around. pancakes. Exactly. Like, no, like, no legitimacy to it. It's just no. let's hit the reset button. Yeah. So there's there's definitely something to be really closely looked at. There's. People have been questioning the timing of uh, of these tweets from from Miles because you know this shirt was originally this all happened in like late September. He hasn't tweeted about it till now. We were wondering this week why he hadn't been on TV. So one wonders what kind of um, discussions or like what had been going on backstage, like who he'd been talking to, like if this was a process or if he was if this is something that was like like built up somehow. Yeah, you know, and he finally just exploded. One wonders what it's happened. Like we said previously, um, you know, we—he's we, the winner of the tournament. He had the championship opportunity, yeah. but all we've seen since the tournament is Cameron Grimes and Isaiah Scott. 
Well, and, and people who were wondering about him, who, you know, saying, oh, he went after Jay Lethal because they had beef back in, I guess, 2014 uh, when they were both in Ring of Honor. And Miles, ACH at the time, as he was called, missed a flight to a pay-per-view and he was supposed to have a match with Jay Lethal and he, he no-showed the pay-per-view because he missed his flight. And Jay went out there and said that ACH stand, stand, stood for a crackhead. And I guess they still have heat today, even though, like, hey, man, it's wrestling. Like, a work's a work, but I don't, who knows if he took that wrong. Um, I know he was, like, you know, pushed and then stop-start pushed in Ring of Honor. Um, so, you know, who knows? But the, the fact is, people who are out there saying, well, he's just mad because he's not getting the push he thinks he deserves in NXT. It's right. like, dude, he just won. An enor- like, he just had a push. He had a huge push. Um, so that's, I don't, that doesn't ring true to me either. Um, just to, to put a capstone on this, today he tweeted out, he didn't tweet out, he uh, posted on Instagram, which is a fairly new account for him. Um, he, uh, he, this, is, this is long, so bear with me. But he said, my tweets yesterday were completely disrespectful and were unprofessional. I have offended a ton of people and used anger to fuel me. With that being said, I'd like to take this time to state and apologize for not giving a shit about what others think of me. The anger I have inside of me has been built up for years now. Call me what you want, but you'll never, ever be able to call me fake. I've been lied to, used, and often mistreated by others who I viewed as associates. I've tiptoed around, kept quiet, even took some L's when necessary. Emotionally charged up due to the shirt, which triggered past emotions. I'm never going to be sorry for being me, nor will I take back my words. I'm the damn professional wrestler in the world and universe today. His words. My ribs are touching and I'm tired of waiting. Time to snatch plates from those that have been eating for too long and always get seconds while guys like myself have to eat crumbs from the floor like an unwanted child. For four years, I gave my all to a promotion only to find out that you could only reach so high just as long as you didn't surpass certain, quote, people. I'm assuming he's talking about Ring of Honor here. I never begged for anything. I never kissed no ass, nor did rub elbows with the right people to get ahead. I hustled, worked hard. I didn't call Hunter every day to get booked in New Japan. Shout out to New Japan. I earned it. He's talking about uh, Hunter. I believe his name is Hunter Johnson, not, not uh, Triple H, who works for New Japan. He's a booker for New Japan. I've always wanted to be, quote, the guy. And of no one will allow me to be in that spot. I shall blaze my own trail to that spot. Rather, it be by the approval of others or not. Today, I shall continue to go the distance. Today, I shall leave moving forward. I'm not sure what that means. Today, I shall rise up from my past ashes like a dark phoenix and promote change in this industry. Remember these words. I am the best in the world, and no man or woman will stop me from being honest. Go the distance. Hashtag miles ahead. Hashtag for the culture. So that is the latest statement. Uh, that he's made about all of this, which unfortunately to me, just looking at it at face value, he starts off by saying the things I said yesterday were disrespectful and unprofessional, but I'm not going to apologize. Yeah, I apologize, but screw y'all. Kind <laughs> I'm going to do what I do. I'm going to do what I do. <laughs> um, so, Again, tact, yeah. You know? So I don't, I don't know. We're still, it's, this is still very up in the air. It's, it seems to me, especially the, the tweet that he had about Tupac, where he, where he said, oh, Tupac's going to you know, inspire a mind one day. I am that mind. Um, I worry a little bit with that, that he's getting a little bit high on his own supply. And I, because I, I feel like he is in a position, especially with that T-shirt, to truly have a, a, an effect to change. You know what I mean? Like now is the time to strike while WWE is a little bit vulnerable. Uh, to try and affect some sort of positive change. I don't know that everything that he's doing has been positive and I'm not alone in that feeling. Um, you know, I'm, I, again, I don't, I can't really weigh in on this in that way. 
Um, but at the same time, that is that is what it seems like, Nick. Um, and I really hope that someone sits him down and talks to him and says, look, dude, you're in a position to really help. You know, the, hashtag for the culture, you're really in a position to help the culture. You can't be going out there and doing things that are counterproductive when you're in this position. He's he's getting, it seems like he's getting no counsel, no help, no nothing. And, yeah. and uh, you know, if, if it's not going to be the leadership of the company, I would have also suggested to go and sit down with some of the locker room leaders like Titus and be like, hey, man, sure. how should I handle this? Or or even just, you know, I don't think he's got access to Titus. Maybe I don't know who he knows in WWE. Like we don't know. We don't have the facts. We don't know what kind of locker room I, leaders agreed. there are. I don't know what NXT. all the conditions are, but I'm just I'm throwing options out there that yeah. are way better than, you know, what's actually transpired here. I mean, I'm thinking about NXT, and I cannot think of a whole lot of people of color that are there besides right now, like Keith Lee. Um, there's, uh, I mean, what, Swerve Scott, um, Leo Rush. I'm trying to think of who else is there, and it's it's also kind of a little bit whitewashed on their roster. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know who he would go to, dude, to be honest with you. Um, but I truly hope that he's got someone who's, you know, who's who's – been through this who's got a level head titus mark henry someone like that who is a locker room leader who can be like dude here's how we proceed with this yeah. you know here's how we make here's how we affect positive change you know if you're trying to change the carpet don't burn down the house so at any rate um yeah very difficult subject to talk about i hope you guys bear with us on all of that um we'd love to hear your responses as well i think that there's you know, uh, there's a lot to be said about this, and we're not really the ones who should be saying a lot about this. Um, so please go to our Facebook discussion group and let us know what you think. Of course, as with all things like this, keep it civil. Think about what you're saying um, because this is a this is a really difficult subject, uh, but one that I think needs to be discussed. This something this is something that can't just stay in the back in the shadows. You know, this is something that right. has to be discussed. That's how we all move forward and grow and get better and become better people. Right. So right dog Ziggler, but yeah, so Nick, that was some, that's some heavy stuff, some heavy stuff. Thank you guys for listening to all of that. Um, Nick, let's, uh, let's lighten up the mood a little bit because we, there was a very entertaining show on this week, but to talk about that, we need to discuss Monday night raw. So just when I thought I was going to get some wrestling on my wrestling show, I was uh, <laughs> I was mistaken. Rusev and Lana held a divorce court with Jerry the King Lawler to close out Monday Night Raw last night. Um, yes, you know, you know, most of the show leading up to this was fifty fifty. Like I kind of had a love hate relationship with this Raw really? last night, and yeah, and, and at the end of the day, it's it's things like this. Like you could have buried this in the middle of the show, and I think things would have been fine. You know, some other things that happened in the show would have been excellent options to close out Monday Night mm-hmm. Raw because it would have made it a lot better. But this, as your closer, going to black, uh, it just it left me just scratching my head, going, "Why did I even bother?" Wow, you didn't like the. You're the guy who always liked the soap opera in the wrestling, and this is about as like Jerry Springer soap opera as you get. Jerry the King Lawler coming out and having a king's court, which he called possibly a divorce court. Rusev and Lana alone in the ring. Lana told Bobby Lashley to stay backstage. She comes out and they basically get into. We finally find out what the issues were. 
and Lana talks about how uh, Rusev wanted sex all the time. He was a sex addict. Screams at him, you're a sex addict. Um, he wanted to put a baby in me. He was going to ruin my modeling career. I'm an Instagram fashion. Uh, what are they even called? There's an Instagram fashion influencer. Thank you. I don't, I don't know the terms these right. kids use these days. Yeah, she's an influencer and uh, all this stuff. And then finally ended with, um, you know, Bobby Lashley told me that you cheated, Rusev. To which he said, what? You believe Bobby Lashley? And sure enough, out comes Bobby Lashley. And we get some physicality. Rusev and Lashley go at it. Rusev gets the upper hand. Lana is even just beating Rusev with a kendo stick. He's no selling it while he beats up Bobby Lashley. He finally turns around. Um, he's taken off his wedding ring and shoved it into Bobby Lashley's mouth at this point. And Lashley gives him a low blow and beats him up. And the show goes to black with Lashley and Lana making out over the fallen body of Rusev. <laughs> um, Nick, I have a confession. You enjoyed this. I was didn't you? I was entertained by this. I oh boy. I, I might be coming around on this angle. I <sighs> I still don't get me wrong. I I hated how this angle began and a lot of the stuff that they began this with. Be, I, be, I think because I couldn't see where they were going. And you know me, you're the skeptically optimistic one. I'm yeah. pessimistically skeptical. And okay. <laughs> I was like, oh God, this is gonna be the worst thing ever. Right. And here's the thing. This was just as trashy as all the rest of it. This is sure. just this is trash TV. It's Jerry Springer. Um, but my God, they got the audience into it finally. And you know why? Because Lana and Rusev went out there and grabbed that goddamn brass ring. Lana was excellent. She nailed her line. She nailed her delivery. She nailed the inflection. She nailed after going after the audience, going after Rusev, and even getting the lines in there that actually ultimately kind of help Rusev. Like, in this kind of angle, oh, you find out he's a sex fiend, everyone in the audience is going, yeah, my boy Rusev, you know what I mean? And then coming around, Rusev reacting to it very realistically and coming across as being very sympathetic. And ultimately, when Bobby Lashley comes out and Rusev rips open his shirt and these two big hosses start going at it, you start getting engaged as well. You're like, okay, like that is classic trash wrestling 101 and for me nick i i it actually worked here's what i'll say here's what i'll throw in there okay because i agree with you for the most part (laughs) really i thought you hated it i I don't hate it i i I hate the lana and and lashley making out bit like everything else is is kind of okay what's wrong with that is because it's a little it's a little too tonguey if i'm being honest (laughs) If, if i'm being completely blunt it, it's a there's a little too much action and a little. What if too I close told up. you that's the point? I, I understand, <laughs> but don't have this close out your show as yes. you're heading to a giant pay per view uh, in a couple of days. Why not? That you was know? I would rather. What, dude, you complained about SmackDown being a giant commercial. Wouldn't you rather have the close out show for this crown jewel that we're all just kind of rolling our eyes at? Wouldn't you like? Isn't it better Something to have else that? Them I'm be rolling like, my eyes at. Well, rolling your eyes at less. Right? This is something that's going to, that's, we were talking last week about what's going to make you come back and watch the show next week. What happens next? Right? And while I'm not really, I'm not to the point yet where I'm going to say I'm invested in the storyline, I can't wait to see what happens next or nothing. This is certainly better than finishing this out with Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair standing in the ring and be like, come on down to Crown Jewel, brother, in Saudi Arabia. That's right. Come to Saudi Arabia. Woo! You know, like, I, this is better than that. 
if if you're we, if you're going to ask lot of me like, what I want to close the show out. Yeah, we had a lot of decent wrestling matches on this show as well that also contained some sports entertainment that would have been better options to close the show out. But that's that's what I'm saying. Point. Okay, but well, here's the other thing: Rusev dropped an S bomb, and some of this was was salacious to say the say it, to put it mildly. So this so is you're also saying when, it had to be after 10 p.m. for TV rules or something like that. Have it on late. Yeah, yeah. so the kids aren't going to see it as much. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, so that that was one that was one part that I thought that it was that was possible. Um, sure. The other thing is, yeah, they had a lot of wrestling and a lot of other stuff on the show as well. Which for me, um, I was like, cool. You gave us a smorgasbord. If if the whole show had been Rusev, Lana, and Bobby Lashley, I would have said like that's that's too much. It's come on, man. One segment, one segment only. It was one segment only. Like it, it was. I got a little bit of pro wrestling. I got a little bit of sports entertainment. I got a little bit of soap opera. I got a little bit of trash TV. You know, like I felt like this was a well-rounded raw. I think where I where my frustration lies, and this is very smarky, my wrestling stuff, uh-huh. is I feel like that they just compl- like it, this isn't the Rusev that I wanted. Oh God! <laughs> right? What Rusev organically got himself over with Aiden English and the whole Rusev Day thing? Okay, and the, and they burned it to the ground, right? Just like they're kind of doing with Seth Rollins, but at the same time, they because Vince came up with this idea to have. Lana in a cheating angle. Yes. Now this is what they're going to use to push Rusev. I just I, that's the part that I just can't get my head around and why I have a hard time enjoying what they're putting in front of me right now sure. because we've already been in this position with Rusev and we don't trust it anymore. Well, and it, here's what I trust about it is if it's Vince's idea, he'll push it. And Rusev got over last night. Let's call a spade a spade. That crowd was firmly behind Rusev, and they were vocal about it. So from that metric, from that standpoint, it's getting Rusev over. I agree with you. Is this the angle I want to be getting Rusev over? Absolutely not. But if this is what we're getting, it's working. So Here's the other thing that logic I'm of um, two minds of it. Here's the other logic piece of this. Uh, Lana didn't want to have sex with Rusev because he's a sex fiend, but at the same time, and to, to counter that, she's going to go out and have sex with Bobby Lashley? Um, Nick, first of all, you're getting way too much into hashtag WW logic here. <laughs> Part one. Part two, um, one of the points that she's been making over the last... If you want me to parse the storyline for you here... No, I this, don't. Well, you're going to get it because you asked that question. <laughs> damn it. Because over the last couple of weeks, what's, one of the things she's been saying, oh, Rusev never took me out to this restaurant. Oh, Bobby Lashley, he's getting me like giving me massages and he's, you know, rose petals on the bed. Like, he's romancing her and that's something she didn't get from Rusev. I'm actually... And I, I hate to do this because I know I'm, I'm not going to get what I think I see, but I think I see where they're going with the storyline, which is if they've now lined it up so that we can find out that Lashley lied to Lana about the, the whole cheating thing, and ultimately they can reconcile and get back together once of they course. settle their differences, and then they'll be back together and they'll be totally over. Great. They've now, like now with this segment, I see where they could go with this for this ultimately to be like a happy macho man miss elizabeth ending to this right sure Um, and i think there's an element of it that they've lost miz and maurice and they've lost mike and maria for reasons and they they, they're missing a power couple sure uh on wwe for that mid-card uh soap opera kind of stuff right i think that where i i agree with you i see this being teed up as 
you know, the reunion, the the reconciliation, uh, and you know, Rusev and Lana becoming the next power couple. It, it could end that way. The other thing yeah. that it's, it's also working for Bobby Lashley, like he finally feels like just a, a smarmy dick, but also like a really strong smarmy dick. Um, like he can pull Lana, right? Know? That's that's the thought we're all thinking. Like right? so, this is I and this is I'm eating my words for the last few weeks, but I'm coming around on this goddamn angle. As dumb as it oh, is, God, as dumb as it is, and as much as I wish it were not part of the programming, if it must be a part of the programming. At least now I understand it, I get it, and I feel like for what it is, it's working. That's a lot of caveats. I, I understand that. A lot of caveats. We're going to lose so many listeners with this episode. <laughs> we opened the show with two middle-aged, cisgendered, white males talking about racial issues, and now we're talking about uh, Lana and Lashley and the I mean, fact that we like it. I, Good God. I did, I'm sorry in advance, guys. I didn't say I liked it. I said I'm coming around on it. And I'm, not, I'm not at the point where I'm like... Gee willikers, I can't wait to see what Lana and Rusev get up to this week. Oh, that Lashley. I'm not there yet. Calm down. That being said, this entertained me. God damn it. (laughs) Um, Also, surprisingly more entertaining than I was ready to give it credit for was the match between Seth Rollins and Eric Rowan, which was a balls count anywhere match. And... uh, I felt it was a entertaining match. Lots of going in and out of the ring and backstage and some good, like brutal tossing guys into things moments and Rowan got to show sure. his strength. And uh, it was, it was more entertaining than I was ready to believe it was going to be. Uh, and then they used a tried and true. I believe it's like a 21 year old finish at this point, but rock and mankind once had a, a false can anywhere match and mankind lowered a, uh, a forklift onto the old rock under Rocky and pinned him with that. Thankfully, they did not use the forklift cam on this particular angle. This was just <laughs> Rowan was down after eating a stomp on a ladder and Seth got into the forklift and had the forklift driver lower it onto Rowan and then stood on top of the, uh, the pallet as Rowan couldn't get up and got the, got the win. Um, the one thing I wonder about this, like, okay, does cool, that make the fine. pallet or the forklift the number one contender for the universal championship? Uh, no, because he was standing on top of it. Therefore, he was since he was on top of the pallet, oh, he is the okay. one on the most top. So, for instance, uh, I guess it could have a, a possible shot saying, is it co-pinned Rowan? But I don't know. I think that pallet is uh, stuck in St. Louis. I don't know if you can get it to take it to anywhere. But um, gotcha. at any rate, okay, it was a fun match. Satisfying ending. I thought it was a good use of Rowan. They're still showing off that he's powerful. But I had two questions about this, Nick. Okay. Is this... Are they... Are they trying out this ending because they want to see if it would get over and they can then reuse it on Thursday? You think they're going to do that? Something like this? I, ho- I hope it doesn't become a new Seth Rollins trope thing. That, that It's his thing that he does. But you know what? You trap the fiend I, I, under a mountain of some sort of I'm debris. Going, it's very realistic that this could become a, another thing that Seth has in his sort of arsenal where it's just one of the things that he does over and over like the stomp yeah well if that's the case then i'm gonna say this you can't spell arsenal without arse because that's that's some that's terrible yep that is just that's that's ass and you know if it does end up on thursday that the fiend is buried under a mountain of debris and seth stands on top of it and gets the pin i think people are going to be pissed yeah just my thought um one more thought on this do you think this is a good use of rowan or is this just one and done and they're going to misuse him some more do you think that this is going to uh, is this going to have any momentum for Rowan? 
Well, like, if what you say was true, he was a fall guy and a and a guinea pig for this gimmick to see if if you know if what you say is that's what I'm wondering ends up being true. Yeah, Rowan was just being used here, and no, I I don't think he's I don't think he's had any prominence since the whole angle with Daniel Bryan. I thought he was a great big man to be paired up with somebody that was a tiny little mouth mouthy son of a bitch that Daniel Bryan was <laughs> in his heel character. Bugsy. I think that was a that that was kind of a perfect pairing with those two uh, in a weird awkward way but it worked. Oh, I loved it. Now that he's struck out on his own again and we've had happen what happened, it just it, what I'm even just happened? I don't I don't even I can't, I still wrap my head around what happened yeah, or what either. didn't happen. Me either. I don't know. But, Hashtag Roman wins. I'm I'm still waiting to get back onto track of storylines after Crown Jewel is done, so we can get back to some yeah. real feuds here, um, like the match we had with Kyrie Sane and Becky Lynch, which has been coming for a while. At this point, the only people that have pinned Becky Lynch all year are Kyrie Sane and Oscar, and here we had a match with Kyrie Sane, um, where Becky ultimately won. She tapped her out with the disarmer. It was a it was a really good match too. Uh, not surprising. They can both work their asses off. But the real story here was at the beginning of all this, the Kabuki Warriors, not only did Kyrie Sane come out no longer dressed like a pirate, but more like a like a, in a Kabuki uh, outfit with the kimono, a little bit closer to Asuka's look, so they look a little bit more like they're on the same page. Pardon right. the pun. Paige came out with them to say, that's right. I put these two together. Aren't I brilliant? Everyone loves her. And then the, uh, both Asuka and Kyrie try to take her mic away and scream at the audience in Japanese. Paige doesn't like this very yep. much and finally gets in Asuka's face. And Asuka's very casually blows a wad of venom all over Paige's face, mists the hell out of her. The poison mist. Paige rolls out of the ring. She's blinded. Her eyes are burning. Asuka's kind of staring her down. And then we have the Becky match. That was a brilliant way to get them away from Paige make them officially 100% heal because they did that to a beloved baby face yeah. and not have Paige take a bump. Yep. Fantastic. And, and the pairing of them with Paige has always seemed a little weird yeah. and they needed to get away from that anyway. Plus, it just kind of legitimizes them too. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm all in on what, what happened here. And, and frankly, the match between Kyrie and Becky Lynch was was awesome. Yeah. You know, oh. I, I, that, this this was really good, and it, you know, it, it makes me ask, why can't they just have a singles run? Well, and I like, why, wonder, why does there have to be all this mishmash of uh, outside auxiliary stuff going on? I mean, I wish that I mean, I've been saying since WrestleMania that Becky's opponent should be Asuka because yeah. of the loss at Royal Rumble, and it totally. seems like they're coming around to that. But yet we're we're making Kyrie and Asuka more of a close tag team. They've got a tag match on Wednesday with on NXT, so there's that. That's kind of strange. Um, also, as far as losing the pirate gimmick for Kyrie, I feel awful for her. We're about to have a WrestleMania that's pirate themed, and she's not still a pirate. This poor girl. Come oh, on, that's just waste. that's just mean. That's just wrestling is so so unfair. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I'm I'm hoping that we're getting an Oscar feud with with Becky. I'm not sure how that's going to work with Kyrie. I wouldn't be mad at it if uh, you know Kyrie's kind of roaming on the sidelines. So it makes it more uneven for Becky, so it's more dangerous. But uh, at the same time, I'm also worried a little bit about heel Asuka and face Becky, and this just going back to you know Mr. Saito and and just having this having this be another foreign heel against the beloved babyface thing. Yeah. I'm a little worried about that. So hopefully, 
<laughs> skeptically optimistic what were we saying <laughs> yeah exactly hashtag skeptically they can, optimistic they can make this a little bit more well-rounded but while they have oscar screaming at us in japanese i don't know if they're, they're going to make that happen but we'll see we'll see um so another great match that we had on the show uh, and you were talking about the great wrestling that we were having uh ricochet versus drew mcintyre and this was a, a this was a crown royal advertisement you had hogan and flair and jimmy hart ringside you know representing their teams kind of thing but luckily ricochet and drew mcintyre have absolutely amazing chemistry they work incredibly well together because drew is a big strong guy and ricochet is a little flippy guy and they work so well and this match just blew this crowd up they loved this match um as did i as did i and this was it was back and forth a lot of near falls ricochet powering out looking like he's gonna he's gonna you know he's a superhero god they were pushing him being a superhero in this match oh just stop we know you guys <laughs> it was listen. a little much it was Knock a lot it of off it's 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 almost getting yeah. as bad not but not quite as the big dog it's dude I, you can tell like vince is just back there screaming at these guys keep saying superhero keep saying superhero it's why it's it's grading with cole like he knows he's got to push these push these things so much and it's unfortunately it's making ricochet less cool um i hate to say um it's it's not helping him any and luckily he's in an entertaining enough guy and this match was entertaining enough and working with drew is good enough that i think it overcomes it but yeah it's really it's grating and that's that's really the only thing i could say about it but what a great match um the best part about it though nick was that there was no finish because as Ricochet looked like he was about to get the 450 on Drew, he realizes he's about to be attacked, but then eats an RKO out of nowhere that I think will go down in the books as one of the best ones. Because he sold it. I mean, remember when RVD used to sell D- DDTs and like yeah. by standing on his head? Yep. Ricochet basically, and but it was like the most incredible thing because no one else was even close to selling like that. That's what Ricochet did with this RKO. He sold it like on that level of sell where it's so beyond what anyone else is selling it like and it looked and then he just you know his body was just limp randy just turned him over and he was just he was a corpse the, it was the one trick of the, to the rko uh, i think we've always said is that it's about the who's receiving it yeah and i can remember throwbacks to both rusev and jinder mahal when his feud with randy just terrible, terrible, terrible they would pull their knees in yes they would, it just looked awful ricochet's selling has gone from questionable when he first started to, oh my God, amazing. He's one of the best doing it right now. I absolutely love watching him sell wrestling moves. Well, and it's funny because I don't think people ever had a problem with him selling the move in the moment. It was that he would then just brush it off, you know, yeah. and come and back be and, do like, again. and be fine. Whereas this, he was dead. <laughs> and they started beating him up after this when he was just dead. So, uh, yeah, fantastic, very entertaining. Um, I mean, again, it was just an advertisement for Crown Jewel, but and I didn't see any ramifications beyond that. If you want to keep having Drew McIntyre and Ricochet wrestle, I'm never going to complain because they're, they're great together, but unfortunately, that's all this was, it seemed, was an advertisement for Crown right. Jewel, a very good yep. one. Uh, we also had a really good match between AJ Styles and Humberto Carrillo, who now has gone from Seth Rollins to AJ Styles in two weeks. Did I tell you my boy was blue chip? 
he, he's doing the title tour right now. So yeah. was he going to go for the Intercontinental Champ next? I don't. Uh, going to see Humberto Carrillo against uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. The, the wild card rule is dead, Nick. You can't oh, do that. Oh, he's got to okay. stick to Raw. So now he's right. He's had a shot at uh, Seth. He's had a shot at AJ. AJ beat him with a calf crusher. Um, although Humberto got a lot of offense in early in this match, he got all of his big. That's old why moves we're in. having the fiend on Raw next Monday, right? I am not even commenting on that. <clears throat> um, here's my question here. I, I think he might settle on a feud with AJ. And I'm just lo- because I'm looking at the card for Crown Jewel. And I think there might be a feud brewing here. And if you if you work Umberto against AJ, I think that could be a lot of fun. Those two would put that that would be lights out. I would watch the shit out of that. Yeah. I, I'm curious to see where they go. Again, we got to get through Halloween and Crown Jewel to really find out where any feuds are going because right now they're, you know, it's because of the weird way that the Crown Jewel is built where they don't build anything for it. They don't start doing anything until that pay-per-view cycle, right? They weren't building this show back in August. They didn't start building it until the beginning of October. And that's when you started seeing Tyson Fury come around and, you know, you, all of this stuff because Saudi Arabia wants these legit sports stars and they're willing to pay exorbitant amounts of money to get them. So WWE at the last minute is like, oh, yeah, we can get you legit sports stars. Let's, let's scramble and get some people. But that unfortunately means that it just derails the rest of their programming. So hopefully they can recover after this freaking show is done uh, because I want to see where they go with some of this. Me too. But. Me too. Uh, you know, Fiend and Seth aside, I think that's the only thing that's like an ongoing feud that's going to be at Crown Jewel. Is that fair? Um, I think there's a couple of things that might go beyond, but we'll discuss that when we get to discussing the actual okay. show itself. Sure. Uh, finally, that was on Hulu. If you saw Hulu, then you also saw the Street Profits come out and cut a promo in the middle of the ring, essentially saying, that's right, we're on Raw. We just want our first match. We want the smoke. Gets the whole, they get the whole crowd chanting, we want the smoker. They tried. They're getting there. They, the audience will get it pretty soon. They're, they're too they infectious. They start chanting to. it a little bit, you know. Yeah. It's Half-heartedly still, so, but uh, still. Yeah. Some of their dialogue is still a little bit cringy, but I think they're, they're doing the best they can with it. Um, and they did come out later after that Humberto Carrillo and AJ match and chased off the OC and stood tall with Humberto. So they're definitely the big old baby faces on Raw. They're trying to make them fan favorites. I like that they're getting a push. Um, I just hope that they can keep it, how shall I put this, reasonable and not, not make it too ridiculous. Right. So I, I liked what they were doing, at least with, with them coming out for the save. So, yeah. So hope, fingers crossed for the Street Profits. Uh, if you did not watch Hulu, then you probably didn't see some of these next matches. Natalia and Charlotte Flair versus the Iconics because why what? not? Let's, re- let's reach into a hat and draw out some names. And have a match, and uh, yeah, they. I want to call something out here, by the way, real okay. quick, because this is this is on. So, if, if, for those of you that are watching Total Divas, you're getting to see a side of Natalia where, after her father passed away, she seems to be scrambling uh, for something to do, and this right. was leading up to WrestleMania and has seemed seemingly been happening ever since. And that's part of the main storyline that's going on with her hanging out with Ronda Rousey, trying to deal with the grief of her father passing and all of that stuff. So now, all of a sudden, she's finagled her way into a pairing with Charlotte. And somehow, the Iconics manifested themselves onto TV for the first time in I don't know how long. And they now they got beat by yet another 
seemingly meaningless pairing of Natalia's. Yeah, Natalia tapped out Billy Kay. Like it wasn't. Um, it wasn't even. <laughs> it was just a. What a in beating. the hell is going on? I'm not sure, and that this does feel like a little bit of creative burnout, or they're not just not sure what to do with all these ladies. I could, and this is going to kill you, Nick, if I say this. I might speak this into existence, and you might be very mad at me for saying so. Natalia and Charlotte stay a tag team. It keeps Charlotte out of Becky's hair. It allows them to take the titles off of the Kabuki Warriors, and then Oscar can have a solo match with Becky with uh, Kyrie Sane on the side as her I don't know, heater, you know, as her manager or valet sure. or whatever. So that's one possibility I see here. If they're if so they're going to Charlotte and Natalia is the women's version of Rudolph, basically is what Correct. you're getting. At. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Great. <laughs> Fantastic. I knew you'd love that. I knew that was just going to be your favorite thing ever. So anyway, that's, that's one thought with this. Aside from that, this could have just been a one-off just to kill some time. Uh, we also had Buddy Murphy finally getting on TV versus, um, versus R-Truth. R-Truth lost the match largely because he got distracted by the 24-7 championship running by on the Singh brothers, chased by everybody, and then he ate a knee and got rolled up for the one, two, a three. So at least Buddy Murphy got a win. At least he was on TV. And you're so hang on. You're posting videos and you're promoting Buddy Murphy, Ali, Mustafa Ali. I have to call him that again. And uh, Umberto Carrillo as the three big up and comers. Yet you're gonna have him deal with our truth in the twenty four seven title. I mean, am I wrong it in seemed thinking like that a, Buddy Murphy is above this? It seemed like a way to kill bir- two birds with one stone. And again, it wasn't like they featured it too heavily. This was just a way to say, hey, the twenty four seven championship still around. Buddy Murphy's here and he wins matches. That's what it felt like to me. I didn't take All it right. too seriously. So I, I I just felt like Buddy Murphy's he's he's earned. <laughs> He's earned a spot. Man, that hashtag wrestling. You haven't earned it until you're given it. And you know how that works. You know how that works. Yeah. It's just it's yeah. if you if you catch the twinkle in Vince's eye one day, he might he might be gracious enough to give you a push and call you Shorty G. We also have the Viking Raiders destroying a tag team known as the Chicago Cubs, a couple of poor enhancement guys <laughs> named Anthony, that they nicknamed Anthony Rizzo and Chris Bryant. After, you know, after what happened with the Cardinals, I, I thought this was this was cute. I, I my first reaction was, "Oh God, we're back in the early '90s," and then I realized, "No, no, no. This is sports heat. Every I, they've been going for sports heat so hard lately." Um, but uh, yeah, this was just the Viking Raiders squashing a couple of Cubs to uh, get over with the with the St. Louis crowd. I don't know what they're going to do when they go back to Chicago, but uh, at least for one night, this worked really well. Uh, yeah. I I don't know. I, I in the notes I said, "Was this dumb fun or was it dumb fun?" Well, considering St. Louis was in the running in the in the uh, division, the championship series, uh, and they lost to the Nationals, it, it would have been smarter to call them the Nationals instead of the Cubs. But I, I like the the name play here. St. Louis has no love lost for Illinois or Chicago, so uh, it works yeah. for me. Interesting note: one of them was actually played by Mike Sidall. Mike Sidall, fuck, jeez, Sidall, <laughs> yeah, Stasha Banks, um, younger brother of Matt Sidall. So, yep. interesting, nice. Um, also, I have to say that the, uh, the real Cubs response to this was pretty classic. The, uh, the actual Cubs franchise tweeted out, that's okay, WWE, we prefer AEW anyway. Zing. So, oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> you caught me mid-drink of water there, and I almost spit it out. You should have. That would have been great. Holy smokes. Oh, it was great. A couple more things on Raw. AOP is still, they're still talking. They've got those talking promos. Uh, they t- they t- this week, they talked about how 
uh, fighting was mental as war is mental as much as it was physical. Great. These are this is fine. You're, these are these are decently written promos. We know that they're just kind of like you know they're they're in a holding pattern until they're ready to use them. Honestly, these are fine. They're way better than the Alistair Black promos, which we had another one of. Uh, he started off this promo, Nick, saying, "What is the definition of madness? It is the it is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result." That's the definition of insanity. If, but I, I, I yeah, I see your point. But because madness and insanity are very different, Nick. Thank you for making that distinction for us. Right. Um, I found this to actually be the definition of irony. <laughs> Because here we are with Aleister Black doing the same thing over and over again and not getting a different result. Or hypocrisy. Yeah. Something. <laughs> I don't know. Hopefully at some point they'll, get him, they'll, they'll make him stop talking and make him actually do some action. Yep. So that was Raw for the week, Nick. Uh, it was, I think, compared to SmackDown, it was head and shoulders better. There was a oh, lot, sure. of, lot of good stuff on the show. A lot of stuff to like. Um, you know, obviously, bit of a bad taste from the whole Jordan Miles thing uh, just with, and, and Crown Jewel coming up. Just a bad taste with the company in general right now, but certainly some quality stuff as far as pro wrestling and sports entertainment is concerned on this particular episode. But that show yes. we were talking about, we got to talk about right now, and that's Crown Jewel, Nick. I, I, I think as a protest, you and I are not doing pickums for this show. Is that correct? Is that what we decided? Yes. We're yep. just going to talk about it existing. We're going to cover what happened at it on our next show. It's coming up on Saturday when you'll be home and we'll be live again on YouTube. Yes. Uh, so we'll discuss the outcomes of the show, but uh, we will not be doing pickums for the show. We're just going to say that this is the lineup right now for the show. Brock Lesnar defending his championship belt against Cain Velasquez. Braun Strowman has a match against Tyson Fury, which I'm sure will be an absolute drizzling shit show, though maybe not as bad as uh, Undertaker and Goldberg. Seth Rollins is defending his Universal Championship against The Fiend in a Falls Count Anywhere match, and WWE has said that uh, the match cannot end in a stoppage. Thanks, WWE. Yeah. So glad we defined yeah, that, that. That's actually how Hell in a Cell matches work, but yeah. go ahead. But okay, now it's a Falls Count Anywhere, ma- Falls Count Anywhere match with no stoppage. Right. Okay, great. Uh, we're going to have a Team Hogan versus Team Flair match. Roman Reigns, Rusev, Ricochet, Ali... Mustafa Ali and uh, Chad Gable, I'm not calling him Shorty G, versus Hulk versus Team Flares, Randy Orton, King Corbin, Bobby Lashley, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Drew McIntyre. And you've already got some feuds building just in this one, right? Roman Reigns has got a feud coming up with King Corbin, Rusev and Lashley, Ricochet, and looks like Drew McIntyre. Um, and then uh, that's about it. <laughs> Nakamura is really feuding with uh, Daniel Bryan, it seems like. So uh, I'm not really sure yeah, what... And I, could, and I could see Ali getting involved with that too somehow. Yeah, so. and Randy doesn't, doesn't really have anything going on either. So Ali remember, Gable. Ali was the one feuding with Daniel Bryan going back to the pre-Kofi run, which is where Kofi got yeah. the opportunity before he got injured. So I could see Ali getting involved with that somehow. With, well, Shinsuke, he's had, he's had beef with uh, Shinsuke recently too. Absolutely. So, so. we'll see what they do there. Uh, AJ Styles will be defending against uh, whoever wins the Battle Royale that they're having on the pre-show. That Battle Royale is a 20-person Battle Royale, which is Apollo Crews, Buddy Murphy, Andrade Cien Almas, Drake Maverick, Eric Young, Luke Harper, Cedric Alexander, Heath Slater, No Way Jose, Sunil Singh, who's a 24-7 champ, Mojo Raleigh, Eric Rowan, R-Truth, Sin Cara, Brian Kendrick, Titus O'Neil, Tony Nese, Akira Tozawa, Shelton Benjamin, and my pick to win it because of what happened on Raw, Umberto Carrillo. Oh, totally. Right? Because then we I had... I was waiting for you to say his name so I could say, yeah, that one. That one. 
<laughs> That's why I waited. We've got yep. Mansoor versus Cesaro. Wonder what's going to happen in that match. Uh, Mansoor, of course, being the hometown boy. Oh, Cesaro. Uh, we've got the World Cup Tag Team Turmoil match to determine who's the best tag team in the world. That's the New Day, which, of course, will be uh, Kofi and Big E because Xavier has a really nasty uh, uh, Achilles tendon injury. Hopefully, he, his career is not done. The New Day, the Viking Raiders, Heavy Machinery, the Lucha House Party, Zack Ryder, Kurt Hawkins, the Revival, the OC, uh, Rudolph, and the B Team. I'm not going to say who I think is going to win that because we're not doing pickems, but that is going to be Crown Jewel. Uh, on paper, might be a couple of good matches, but also on paper, nothing's really going to change unless Lesnar and Cain Velasquez change titles, and I don't think that's going to happen there. Uh, you know, know, AJ Styles ain't losing his U.S. title to whoever wins that tournament. So, yeah, uh, another another big house show. Basically, all it is. Great. So Can't wait. <laughs> Riveting content. <laughs> Can you hear the excitement in my oh, robotic you're, voice? Oh, you're so excited, Nick. You're so excited. Oh, I am the opposite of whatever excited is. Luckily, there's other wrestling to watch this week, Nick. Luckily, we've got NXT and AEW coming up tomorrow night, Wednesday night to watch. We've also got NWA Power, which just came out today. Because it just came out today, I don't want to give any spoilers out, but I will tell you what matches were on there. You had a Josephus versus Trevor Murdoch match, the Dawson's versus Kingston and Homicide, Marty Bell, third week in a row she's had a match, versus Ashley Vox. Uh, I will tell you to look out for Thunder Rosa. She is debuting this week. Just a hint. Aaron Stevens mm. versus Ricky Starks, which uh, from what I, I'm just going to say, good match. Uh, and then a six-man tag. I won't tell you why they made the six-man tag, but I will say it's a really cool stipulation. Nick Aldis, Colt Cabana, and Mr. Anderson versus James Storm, Thomas Latimer, and Royce Isaacs. Yes, that is your NWA champion and two other guys facing off with their North American champion and two other guys. So, huh, huh. Hmm. Yes, the stipulation for that is actually pretty awesome. How they get there is pretty awesome. So check out NWA Power. It's free on YouTube. It's an hour. And their theme song is Dawkins Into the Fire. What more do you yeah. want? Yeah, what? That's all. And, you know, the return to 80s studio wrestling. Mm. Yes, please. Mm. Put it in my eye holes. So if, you are, if you're looking for an alternative to Crown Jewel, there's plenty out there, Nick. Well, Ian, that's it for our show this week, but we're not done just yet. We've got just enough time for our other news lightning round. Beep, 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 beep. Yes, sir. Friday Night SmackDown ratings. Oh, my God. They were on FS1, and their ratings dropped to 880,000. They went under a million. The lowest by a large margin, the lowest rated SmackDown of all time. That's lower than, than AEW is on TNT. And NXT, I believe. That's about NXT numbers. Uh, it's for uh, a little more than NXT numbers is right now, but it's not not by much. Um, no. Here's the thing. Yes, they were on FS1, not on Fox. Yes, they were like it's the it's World Series it's World Series time, and they're up against the World yeah, Series. It was up against the same time Fine. slot as the Game Two of the World Series Fine. with 50 million people watching. Exactly. It. I think it was nine million. The World Series. Pulled, but I'm exaggerating. I'm um, just, everybody in the world's watching the World Series right now. Yeah, but you know they they still got crushed, and their audience did not follow them. That's really I think the lesson here is that their audience didn't follow them. If you're if you were a quote unquote hardcore fan, you watched the show. They did announce the hell out of the fact they were on FS1. You would know that. 
Um, if you were a casual viewer, you might not have known and you might have seen that SmackDown wasn't on and just assumed, ah, it's the World Series. I don't have to watch SmackDown anyway. That's, I think, the real telling thing is here is people didn't feel it was worth going to FS1 or worth trying to find. A lot and of me people. as a tech guy, even someone who's fairly knowledgeable around TVs and cable and the internet and all that kind of stuff, I even had difficulty finding FS1 on my cable subscription. Right. It wasn't until I scrolled all the way down to channel 400 on Spectrum to be able to find it. So I'm, I'll, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. There, there's a little bit of a, uh, a knowledge gap, or you know, you can find to say you're on FS1, but nobody knows what actual channel that is. <laughs> right. That's a good point. Uh, Raw also hurting in the ratings. It only did a 2.13 average. It was 13th overall on the night. That's the third Oof. worst Raw of the year after Christmas and New Year's Eve. Eek, that's barely better Oof. than their June 10th show, which was like up against the NBA Finals. Uh, and then oh, sept- that one was bad. I don't remember what was going on September 9th. That was a really bad show, too. But yeah, so Raw was way down. Uh, it was a 9% loss week to week. And then it wasn't, there was no competition. There was nothing up against it. Um, and their third hour, they dropped like by a seventh of their audience. Like it dropped way down, down to like a uh, 1.93 in the third hour. It's funny because some online people were saying, oh, see the Rusev Lana segment, it's killing them. Well, it may be killing TV viewers, but that thing did, It's as of today, at, in 24 hours, it's done almost 4 million views on YouTube. So In less than 24 hours. Yeah, so I don't know if that's... If, if that's actually a and, fact. And frankly, it was the very last thing on the show. It was the last 20 minutes of the show. Right. So I don't know if you can say that that's why the audience dropped off. Yeah. So anyone who's saying that Rusev and Lana is killing them right now, I don't think is looking at all the numbers. So just going to throw that out there. I would love to be the doomsayer saying this is the stuff that's killing your show, but it's not. It's driving tons of numbers online. So there is that. We mentioned uh, Mike Sadal earlier. Matt Sadal, his brother, is back as Evan Bourne in Evolve. And we know now who he'll be facing at Evolve 139 and 140. He'll be facing Leon Ruff the first night and A.R. Fox the second night. They're currently the tag team champs, respectively. So that'll be an interesting... That'll be interesting. I'm curious what if they're planning on having Evan come back permanently? Yeah, or? I want to know what the plans are for Evan Bourne what's here. What's going on I, I, here? Yeah, I'm... Because, I'm, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what's going on. So I can't wait to see what happens on the show. I'll tell you right now, it is a much better environment for him to be in WWE now than it was the last time he was here. Much yeah. friendlier. A lot of more guys kind of on his, uh, his level, his speed. Uh, yeah, David, shit. Yes, ex- <laughs> right? Uh, there apparently is some trouble in paradise. David Starr, who has been very outspoken, well, always, but especially this week, uh, has been talking about disgruntlement backstage at NXT. Apparently, there's a lot of people that are saying that there is some morale issues in WWE as a whole, NXT in particular. David Starr claims he has recently spoken to uh, NXT talent that has recently been pulled up to TV, and they were pulled aside by management and said they would not be getting their TV raises. Uh, he also says that... Uh, also, we have a scoop from um, Casey Michaels of SC Sirens, who's actually been a pretty pretty reliable source. Um, he broke a couple of things, like the Kylie Ray news. and uh, So he's been fairly reliable. But he says there's a lot of unhappy people in NXT, lots of empty promises coming from management. That seems to be the, the through line for people that are expressing to him that there's a problem. And they're, they're, there's so many people there now, apparently they're running out of lockers for people to use. Wow. So it uh, looks like, at least if we're to believe this stuff, that WWE snatching up all this indie talent might come back to bite them in the butt. Mm. Um, Seth Rollins was on uh, sescoops.com. 
And uh, I read this article and I had a hard time, not going to lie, figuring out what was a work and what was a shoot. But he did say um, that he wants more respect from fans. He feels like he deserves more respect from fans. And when it comes to Bray Wyatt, he says he's cool, man. He's fresh and he's new and he's got this cult following and that just puts a chip on my shoulder. I don't get the respect I deserve because there's this new flavor of ice cream. Uh, So there was, again, Seth, I think, towing the line here between pissing off some of his fans and, uh, you know, going out and trying to say that he deserves, he, he, he has earned the respect and he should get it. So, yeah, I'm not quite sure entirely what to make of this. I mean, if you read the whole article on scoops.com, it does sound a little bit kayfabe but then there's certain parts where, I, I don't know. I didn't. We'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Uh, Seth, again. S- Seth needs to stop doing press. He's, please. <laughs> that's kind of what I took away from it. It's someone's got to really uh, talk to him about what image he's trying to get out here, um, whether it's in kayfabe or not. So Marty the Moth from Lucha Underground has expressed some very keen interest in being on AEW. He says that he is working on tweaking his image, working on tweak, uh, tweaking his character. He really, really, really wants to be on AEW. He's working hard to do it. I found that fascinating because considering how many people from Lucha Underground went to Impact and they seem like their door is a little bit more open right now, and I think Marty would fit in pretty well there. Uh, that being said, love Marty the Moth. Would love to see him on on uh, AEW, and he's worked with some guys on that show as well. So, fingers yeah, crossed. Twitch stream. Follow him on Twitch. Yeah, fingers crossed for Marty. He's got a great Twitch. Good character on there. Uh, the WWE on Fox Twitter account also got in hot water this week uh, because they tweeted out, essentially, when people were saying, what about some more reputation? After all this went down with Jordan Miles, what about some more representation on Raw? And they tweeted out, "What do you think? What do you think Kyrie Sane is?" That tweet was very quickly taken down. Oh boy! And uh, they actually went out and apologized the way you're supposed to apologize, where they said it was a bad tweet on our end. We shouldn't have even replied, or we could have used other examples like the Street Profits, R Truth, etc. But we sh- just should have stayed quiet. Mistakes happen, and this was on us. So while they're and here's the thing, while they're not wrong, if people are talking about people of color, Kyrie Kyrie saying counts as one, but I think they missed the point of the tweet prior, and that's why it was a bad tweet on their part. But good on them. That by the way, that Twitter account has been gold for ninety nine percent of the time. If you if you follow yeah. the W, I think it's the guys who used to do Wendy's. Um, they're they're frick. <laughs> no, I'm serious. They're freaking gold. But this was definitely a misstep. I think they were trying to be. Trying to be funny, and it was just a—it was a dumb joke that didn't come through. Uh, but props to yeah, them. That, that's not—that's not a—that's not a thread to be funny on. Yeah, yeah, I've seen so many people try to be funny on this whole Jordan Miles thing, and it's just—you can't. There's just nope, no. nope, don't. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Walk away. Walk away. <laughs> so, and just, they did. Just let it scroll past your feed. That being said, everyone should look at their apology here. That's how you write an apology. Is exactly. like, is like, yeah, we see what we did wrong. Sorry about that. We you know detail what you did, you did wrong so you can show that you know what you did wrong, and and fully fully admit that you were wrong. That was a good apology. Finally, in the news, MLW hires Chris DeJoseph as executive producer. That's right, the guy who created Lucha Underground is now working as an executive producer on MLW. No official word on what that means for Lucha Underground, Nick. But I, I if we weren't ready to put a stake in it before. I think this might be the uh, the final the final move here. 
I think the lawsuit over how they were treating talent was that stake that put them in the ground. That didn't help. So, that didn't help. That no. was a, <laughs> it was quite a few shovels of dirt right there on the grave of yep. Lucha Underground. But uh, but yeah, the fact that Chris and Joseph, if he he's a great. Like, honestly, I've loved the writing on Lucha Underground. A lot of stuff that they did on that show was great. If he goes to MLW with the talent they have there right now and the, how up and coming they are, that could be a huge move. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is basically our way of saying keep an eye on MLW. They could be up to some big stuff in the near future. And that's the news, Nick. Thank you very much, Sir Ian Dangerous. Well, thank you all for joining us on this episode. And, yeah, we'll crown jewels this week. And,. We kind of have to struggle through that. It is what it is, depending on how you feel about it. But, you know, you kind of know how we feel about it at this point. Yeah. Also, happy Halloween, everybody. Indeed. It's that time of year. It's the, most, it's, it's the most wonderful time, wonderful time of, the, uh, of the year. I love it. I've been watching so many horror movies, Nick, and, and, <laughs> and doing my horror podcast, Horror Palooza, also available on orbitaljigsaw.com. But, uh, but yeah, lots and lots of horror movies, having so much fun. I have a pumpkin beer chilling in the fridge right now. Uh, happy Halloween to everybody. It's the, it is the best time of the year. I'm not ready for it to be done, yes. Nick. I'm not ready. No. no. Oh, it's not here yet. We've got a couple days yet. It's, it's uh, almost there. But it's too close. Uh, Can we go back to the beginning of October? <laughs> no, I don't want to relive this last month, please. <laughs> it's in the books. We survived. I've had a great time. I've had a great time this past month. What an absolute wonderful month this has been, if we reflect on that for just a second. Yeah. I mean, we had the, the launch of AEW Dynamite. We had the launch of T, uh, NWA Power. We had the launch of AEW Dark. We had the move of SmackDown to Friday nights on Fox. Superstar NXT Superstar went live Shango. on USA. Yeah. Uh, just, just endless amounts of milestones happened this month, and it's been a pretty damn incredible month across the board for all wrestling fans. So be thankful for a moment. All controversies aside I'm, in the moment, yeah. just sit back and look at the scope of the month that we've just gone through and the amount of wrestling that we have fan, as fans have gotten to enjoy. I'm coming around on the Rusev Lana angle. Like it's been a crazy oh it's been a crazy month. A crazy Cats month. Cats and dogs living together, mass hysteria. Yep, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, guys, come and join us over on Facebook. Just search for Busted Wide Opens. Like our page uh, and send us a join request to get into the Busted Wide Open discussion group that is the hub of our operation. And there you can find a link to our Discord server and community where we have live chats for all pay-per-views as well as all weekly live shows that you can find there. So come and join us in Discord. Let's keep all the spoilers out of the discussion group and uh, keep all your live chats over there. You can also find us on YouTube live streaming every Tuesday at 8 p.m. And every Saturday at 3 p.m., except for this week because I'm in Vegas. But be subscribed to that channel and make sure you hit that notification bell so you get notifications anytime we schedule new live events or put up some new content, which we're going to be doing a lot of in the very near future. Uh, you can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BWO Podcast, as well as our uh, over at patreon.com slash BWO. Thank you very much to all of our patrons that continue to support this show every single month. Your money is not wasted. We absolutely uh, would not be where we are without all of you. So thank you very much for all of you. You are the fuel that keeps this machine called Busted Wide Open running all the time. That's patreon.com slash BWO. If you'd like to get in on some of those uh, listener questions for our new patron mailbag series that we do also on Saturdays, an exclusive show where we just answer all of your questions, uh, bonus episodes every month, all kinds of good stuff over there. My name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Surrey and Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Surrey and Dangerous. I got to be quiet again, so I'm going to go, uh, but by <laughs> God. Will somebody stop the damn match?
This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.